Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Simple Theology Podcast. Podcast, connecting theology with everyday life. Connecting theology to everyday life. Yes, exactly. Mm, I um, like I'm, it. I'm Robert Kane. Hey, Rob. Rick. Rick. Nice, nice to meet you. Good to see All you. All right. Not shake my hand. Yeah, Thank you. High five. It's not what I wanted. Oh, well, didn't know what you wanted. Is that how you meet new people? You just slap them? Yeah. Wow. Ends up being pretty strong for us. <laughs> so I can imagine. Good relationships. What are we doing here, Rob? Um, so we are going to be answering a couple listener questions. Yeah. We've got two in mind here, and we're just going to address those. We'll read a little bit of the email, and then we'll jump right into it. I like it. I'm excited. What's your name, by the way? I'm Rick Gromlick. Rick Gromlick. And welcome to Simple Theology. Welcome. It is a mm. beautiful day. Beautiful. But it's not very warm. It's still beautiful. But sitting inside, it's a be- it looks like a beautiful day. Nice, yeah. sunny. We don't get a lot of sunshine here in central Ohio, here in the Midwest. That's right. Um, so really nice. Uh, but what else is beautiful is this table yeah. we're sitting around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And yeah. you have one. I do. I am Just eager to utilize it. Sitting in your it. garage, collecting dust. I know. And we've got these beautiful Bibles. That's right. We're reading out of big beautiful Bibles. Big beautiful Bibles. So yeah, um, Rick, what are? I mean, we talked wow. about a little bit about what we're getting into. Yeah. But before we before we dive in, just give let's, us a quick update, man. Not, How are you doing? How's in. your family? How's your wife? Has she given birth yet? Maybe. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> when by the time this comes out, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. So my son is due June first. Um, we're recording early May. And so we're in the home stretch, a few weeks left. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We're doing well, though. We um, are eager to be done with COVID-19, oh, as yes, is we are. the whole planet. We are eager to gather again as the body of Christ. Um, so, yeah, those things are going on. Nothing really new because everything's kind of at a standstill. I need a haircut. Yeah, so maybe my wife will do that for me later today. I don't. I doubt it, actually. But Rick's got great hair. That's I've always, not I've true. Always, I've always I, thought I that the way that I don't have great hair. You have great hair. It's just like the way it naturally goes, man. I'm, I'm a little, little jealous. I know, I, I'm naturally, not, it just it's a puff ball. I have to keep it short and put a bunch of junk in it. <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh man. But I appreciate you in a very heterosexual way. <laughs> you have great hair. <laughs> just gonna say that. Uh, the fact that you had to, quali- that, you had to that, qualify that? Yeah, I don't want <laughs> listeners to be confused in any way. I'm very happily married, very attracted to my wife. Um, but that's not going to stop me from pointing out <laughs> that, that Rick's got great hair. Okay. Well, you guys can head over to our Instagram page, uh, Simple Theology Pod, and you can see some pictures for yourself. And you let us know if I have great hair. Yeah. I tend to think I don't, but I appreciate that, Rob. Oh, I'm, you do, man. I appreciate don't that. Don't yourself short. You know who else thinks you have great hair? Yeah. Good old Matt. No, I don't know. Yep, Matthew. He sent in an email and he said, hey guys, Matthew here. I just recently visited the Instagram page and you guys are even more handsome than I imagined you would be. Stop Man, it, you want man. us to answer your question? You want us to address your question on the show? Yeah. You start off an email like uh, that. <laughs> when did he write that email? Um, a little less than two weeks ago. Oh, wow. That's a pretty good time for us. Pretty good turnaround <laughs> time for us. You're, you are correct. <laughs> uh, thanks for writing in, Matt. Um, he continues. He says, wondering if you could touch 
on the idea of non-believers doing quote-unquote good things. Yeah. Like secular food banks or non-Christian organizations helping the needy. Would they be following Matthew 25 when Jesus says, when I was hungry, you fed me, dot, dot, dot. Or since God is the embodiment of goodness himself, would doing anything without God be quantified as quote-unquote evil? Furthermore, if someone were bringing a homeless person a warm meal or place to stay, but not bringing them the gospel, can that be seen as good? Or are they merely making their walk away from God more comfortable? Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for all that you do. I love you guys' heart for the gospel and more specifically having answers based on scripture. The Lord has really used you guys to help refine my theology and solidify why I believe what I believe. Thanks again, Matthew. Matthew, thanks a ton, man, for yeah, sending this in. Really Very encouraging. That. We are going to do our best mm-hmm. to address this. So, Rick, would you do me a favor? Do the listeners a favor I'll, and read I'll that passage to first. in yeah. Matthew 25. So, I uh, have my CSB, Your big, verse beautiful Bible. Verse, and um, this is, let me find it. I just had it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually verse going- Verse 42? Yeah, I'm going to read um, more than just verse 42 because I think it's important that we have the context okay. of the passage. So, where are you starting? Verse 31? 31. Ooh, all when right. the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, just as a sheep sh- separates, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or without clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will answer them, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into eternal fire prepared from the for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they, will, then they too will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or without clothes, or sick, or in prison, and not help you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And they will go away into eternal punishment for the righteous into eternal life. So that's the passage. Uh, the context is Jesus is talking about uh, the final judgment. We actually did, um, when we're going through the um, the confessions, we did one on the judgment. And we mm-hmm. talked about there's three kind of times in the, the judgment, uh, three different judgments mentioned in the Bible. So this yeah. is the one, the judging of the nations. Yeah. Um, and we see Jesus talking about those who were performing um, acts of kindness and service to brothers and sisters. Those are who are um, believers. So people will take this passage and they'll say, hey, listen, like if you're just a good person, like if you help out in a soup kitchen or if you help care for the needy, like you're like you're kind of working your way into heaven, like you're you should be let in. And Jesus is clearly making a distinction here. Um, first of all, that the. 
it's not just people in general, but it's um, believers. And as I'm kind of digging into some commentary, it's talking about that this is probably not like for all time. This is during the tribulation. So this isn't just a time in, like th- throughout any one's life. This is a specific time in the narrative of history or uh, of um, uh, what's the word? Redemptive history? Uh, no, like um, uh, end time stuff. Eschatology? Eschatology, yeah. There you go. So relating to eschatology, dealing with the end times, it's the tribulation, which there's a whole bunch of debate about when the tribulation say, happens. You are, you are really okay. making but some people however, upset here the way you're talking about no, if you're not going to give credit to those. So. so so people will say the tribulation happens before the rapture. People will be raptured during the tribulation. Some people say that people aren't raptured out, meaning taken to heaven until after the tribulation. All that aside, yeah. um, Jesus, I think, is talking about Christians who are serving other Christians and maybe even Jews during the tribulation. That's what I think it means. I think it's dangerous for us to say, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wisdom for us to say, okay, this is what Christ does. We love others. Well, I think it's dangerous for us to take that passage and say, okay, now we all need to be out there doing that so that we can be counted as the sheep in the final judgment. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. no. Very Australian no, thing yeah, to do, from yeah, what I've no. been told. It does. Um, so, so to answer his question, where he says, "I was wondering if you could touch on the idea of non-believers doing good things." Mm-hmm. So, at the end of Romans fourteen, where Paul is kind of talking about, so he's talking about differences of opinion within the household of faith, mm-hmm. and um, he says one person considers one day better than the other, and the other person considers all days equal. And says one person says he shouldn't eat certain foods. One person considers all food clean. Right, and he says each one holds the conviction that he holds based off of his faith. Yeah. Um, so, like, essentially saying, like, if there's not um, a clear indication from Scripture, then we should be doing, we should ha- be having convictions based off of our faith. We mm-hmm. should be doing that in mm-hmm. all areas, but especially, like, or I shouldn't say especially, but in areas where Scripture may not be clear, we should take our faith and say, how can we most faithfully live out in this area? Mm-hmm. Scripture doesn't give us an, an exact clear doesn't address this particular issue. Right, right. So how can we be most faithful with it? Mm-hmm. And he's saying that them with the food, um, yeah. one person says he should eat, one person doesn't think he should. Like they're trying to do that from the same faith. Right. Um, but then he says this at the end, he says, everything that is not from faith mm-hmm. is sin. Yeah. And then Hebrews eleven six, I believe, yeah, says, um, now without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm-hmm. So this idea that people can be quote unquote good or do quote unquote good things um, would not be consistent with um, these passages. Now, I want to qualify that by saying God offers us grace. So there's um, his Mm -hmm. saving grace and his common grace. So you're saying if someone, I know you're going to go with this, but if someone, not a believer, yep, you know. Runs into a burning building, saves someone's life. Mm-hmm. Um, they are defending someone's life and they lose their life. Or myriad of options here. They do something genuinely heroic that is pre- preserving life. Yeah. That is not good. So, yeah. So, according to scripture, mm-hmm. we would say that in, in, God's not, in God's eyes, it's not deemed as a good act 
And I want to be very careful, like saying that, because I can mm-hmm. already hear people being like, oh my goodness, how is that not good in God's eyes? Right. And so, um, Jonathan Edwards gets at the affections, like why mm-hmm. we do what we do. Right. And if you were to, which we don't, we just simply don't have the ability to see what people's hearts are. Right, right. But if, but God does. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to go layers deep, get to the root of why people do what they do. Yeah. If it is not based off of their faith mm-hmm. to honor and glorify and make much of God, then it is to honor and glorify and make much of something else. It may not be them. Right. But it may be something else, whether it's them, or whether it's something else, it's idolizing something over God. And so therefore mm-hmm. it is not good. Does that make sense? It does. I'm just not sure if I completely agree with it or not. Okay. Go ahead. Help huh? me un- help me understand what you're talking about. Well, I think, you know, something happens and someone and just instinct jumps and dives in the water to save a kid in a pool or whatever. Mm-hmm. I I don't think they're thinking, Am I gonna get glory from this or am I gonna get praise from this? I think there's just a natural instinct. Now, when I jumped in, you're getting ready to talk about sal- salvific grace. Mm-hmm. And common grace. Exactly. So flesh that out. Yeah. So so let's say that act. Yes. God in his common grace mm-hmm. to all people right. will give us the ability to do things that aren't wicked every time. Right. And so even though it may not believers be counted- Believers and unbelievers. All yeah, people. exactly. So even though these acts, mm-hmm. so something like that wouldn't be counted as righteous, so mm-hmm. to speak, it can still be less wicked than what it otherwise could have been. Right. And so that praise God for his common grace that's extended to all people so that things like that do happen. People who are not believers do, in our eyes, what genuinely looks like wonderful things, being able to go into a burning house to save a life, risk their own mm-hmm. life to fight for their country or to defend the weak or to uh, save a drowning child, whatever it is. Right. Like, wonderful things that we should be very grateful right. that they do, but they're not considered righteous or considered, quote unquote, good when you compare it to God's standard. So God, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. God has enabled them to do the good thing, Mm -hmm. and they have not rightly attributed to him that ability. Yeah. Given him, glorified him for for that ability. Yep. Whether that's um, uh, consciously or even subconsciously. Yeah. 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 There you go. So, yeah. So, um, praise God Mm -hmm. that there are food pantries out there. Yes. Even, even, I mean, praise God for the ones even that aren't being led by believers. Yeah, absolutely. Praise God for hospitals. Praise God for ministries that try to, and I say ministry in like- Organizations. Organizations, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That try to help the weak and the vulnerable. Like, mm-hmm. we're not saying that they're participating in necessarily evil work. Right. Like, the, there's not, this isn't like a black and white, like, you're doing evil work or yeah. you're doing good. Like, the, it's a matter of, how does it measure up to God's standard? And so yeah. even those who in their sin are able to do things that aren't to the furthest extreme of wickedness, right? like that is a grace of God mm-hmm. that he gives to people. It's common grace, yeah. Yeah, that blesses um, societies, cultures, nations. And um, so that's common grace. And there's the saving grace where he actually ransoms people for himself and gives them faith so that everything they do is for him and they recognize that. And so therefore then those things are counted. Uh, yes. It's righteous. Yeah. So hopefully that's somewhat clear. Yeah. I, there, I think, the, I think the point, could answer that better. I think the point 
to, to kind of sum all that up, Matthew, and for everyone, you know, in Matthew 25, the Gospel of Matthew, um, Jesus is referring to the the final judgment, the time of tribulation, and the believer's response, I think, to um, other believers. Now, if you're dispensationalist, you might say to the Jews. Um, yeah. That's another conversation, but that doesn't have bearing on if I'm a, if I'm doling out soup in a soup kitchen, am I now a good person? Yeah. Um, you might, you're very much doing a good thing and praise God that there yeah. are millions of people doing good things. That's a gift that is, um, it's purely a gift from the Lord. Uh, but the fact that people are not acknowledging, uh, that that is a gift from the Lord does makes it, and as you were saying, an, an evil thing in a, in a sense, it's, it's a heavy word, but it's, it's yeah. and you're missing the, the, the mark. You're, Below the standard, yeah. Um, you have to get doesn't back. Mean, doesn't mean you can't do it. That's kind of an o- overarching view. Because if it if it did, then you could do enough of it to earn your salvation. That's yeah, the point, exactly. So and so, let's say so the person who is working in the soup kitchen, they do those things, but it's still impossible to please God apart from faith, right? So He may be enabling that person to do something that mm-hmm. is, in our societal view, a good thing, mm-hmm. and it is a good thing. Yeah. However, it's not counted as good works towards someone's salvation. Right. And and we are saved we are saved by faith alone, but we're also saved by works, but not our own works, by the works of another, Jesus Christ. Right. So him being perfectly righteous, we then get to be seen as perfectly righteous mm-hmm. through faith in him. We get to be adopted yes. into the body of Christ so that when God looks on us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. Outside works serving at a, a soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. Any of those things they cannot enough of them cannot make us look like right perfectly righteous mm-hmm. yeah and Good. so and and in this passage he's jesus is talking and another point that he's making in addition to what rick already mentioned is hey if you are a follower of jesus mm-hmm. there will be works yeah yeah i mean That's we are not saved yeah we're not saved by works however saving faith will always be evidenced by works yes and so We've used the illustration of an apple tree. I don't need to beat that into the ground, but even before the apple pops up, mm-hmm. it's an apple tree. Right. It doesn't all of a sudden become an apple tree the moment an apple starts to grow on the branch. There's an apple tree from from the root. Right. However, if it is, truly is an apple tree, eventually an apple is going to pop up. There you go. And so for, if you are a follower of Jesus, those works are going to be evidence in your yes. life. However, apart from following Jesus, those works are not considered good in the sense that they can save you. There you go. Hopefully that answers some questions and clarifies some things. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does that get to all the I, email? I, I think so. Let me see right. here. Um, furthermore, if someone was bringing a homeless person a warm meal or a place to stay, but not bringing them the gospel, mm, that'd be seen as good. Yeah. So let's, let's answer that question. No, um, let's not. <laughs> let's not answer it. So, so can you, um, in good conscience, give a meal or a cup of water or a place to stay to someone without in that moment sharing the gospel with them. Yes. Okay. Yes. So when, when he says that doing it in my name, mm-hmm. how would you, how would you interpret that? Oh, back to Matthew 25. Yeah. 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 So I think that, um, so what, well, take a step back, people have taken the twist in this passage and they say, Oh, as long as I say, Oh, this is from Jesus or I'm doing this in Jesus name. But I think, um, we, I don't. I'm. I'm gonna kind of guess at this, but my thought is, when you're doing something because of what Christ has done for you, right? So you're you're sharing 
in a sense, you're sharing the gospel. Um, you're sharing who Christ is and what he's done for you. That's what I think it means without studying it too much. So um, sharing the gospel without words? No, no. <laughs> but you're... you're had, to poke it, had to poke the bear there. I think the, the, the point to his email is like, you see a lot of organizations who they fly under the Christian banner, so to speak, or whatever, and they're all about fresh water, food, yeah. And they're like, hey, we just need to really build a relationship with these people. They need to trust us. And those are good and true things. But honestly, and this is hard to say, but if someone starved to death in a week, um, and hey, you gave them food, so they're going to live two weeks, right? And they're still going to starve to death. Or you give them the gospel, which is going to save them for eternity. Like, yeah. that's the most important thing. Yeah. So yes, we should help with shelter, food, basic necessities. Absolutely. But at the same time, we should not say, hey, you know what? Um, we'll get to the gospel eventually once like we build rapport with these people. Yeah, that's, exactly. I just don't think it's helpful. Yeah, um, at the same time, th the other thing can happen where people come in like, hey, Jesus loves you. We're followers of Jesus. Um, you know, you're starving to death. Hey, take care. Here's yeah. the gospel. Be and, warm and well fed. Right. While you have plenty of resources to help meet their needs and you don't. So both both are sinful. Yeah, both can... sides of that spectrum. Yeah. Exactly. So so if you see somebody, um, so taking this example, a homeless person, and you offer them a warm meal, mm -hmm. and afterwards you realize, oh man, I, I, I just didn't get the gospel in, mm -hmm. or I've, maybe you forgot, or something yeah. like that. Like, it's, your, it's your love for Jesus that's driving that, because you see in that person that they're made in the image of God, and yes, mm -hmm. you want to meet their, mm -hmm. their physical needs. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you, that you failed. Right. Um, but, I think it's a great opportunity, though. Exactly. But yeah. we definitely want to um, do our best mm -hmm. to find that transit. Hey, man, I'm, I'm giving you this meal um, because what God has given me, yeah. like he's given me eternal bread. Um, they're the bread of life. And so there, there, there are opportunities to transition that, to bridge over to the gospel. And I think we should, we should not go into the conversation saying, um, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to give them food. Yeah. Um, but I think also... We shouldn't necessarily just straight up, um, I'm only going to right. give them the gospel. Yeah. Now, between those that's, two, the gospel is more that, important than that's food. That's their primary need. Yeah, Absolutely. That, that is their most important need. Um, mm -hmm. Far more important than a meal. However, um, go into it trying to trying to get to the gospel as mm -hmm. best you can. Mm -hmm. And But if, if the opportunity doesn't present itself or for whatever reason, maybe you, you just forget, I guess, um, don't feel like you're a failure in that moment. There you go. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Thank okay. you, Matthew, for that email. Excellent. Next now we have up. another one. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find it here. Ba -ba -ba -da, ba -ba -ba -da. Okay. And this is Jose Hernandez. All right. Jose, thank you for writing in. He says, hey, guys, as a new dad, got a three-month-old, I'd like to hear Congratulations. about- Congratulations. Yeah, seriously, congrats. Hope you're sleeping well. He said, um, I'd like to hear about discipling, as I've heard many different things regarding the rod and the staff gentle parenting, and of course, shepherding a child's heart. I'd also like to hear maybe on family worship, as I've been trying to get that started since my wife and I got married, but we definitely want to be consistent and do this with our son. Thanks, Jose. Cool. So first off, Jose, thank you for writing in. Second off, really appreciate your heart towards wanting mm -hmm. to uh, disciple your family and um, be consistent in that. Now, full disclaimer here, um, I have a two-year-old. And Rick's son is about to turn two. Mm -hmm. We both have another one on the way. 
And so we are certainly not the world's most experienced parents. There are resources, mm -hmm. um, Paul Tripp, I think of, yep, has, Paul some David great, Tripp. Yeah, has some great resources on parenting. Um, Jen Wilkin, um, I mean, you can find some really good stuff on Desiring God and the Gospel Coalition. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think, I mean, there, there's plenty of good yeah. stuff out there. So yep. definitely don't, don't take our word as the final one, but not that you were going to, but um, I appreciate what you're getting at when it comes to the consistency. I think if I could hammer home anything there, that would be the best thing. Right now, what our family worship looks like is Danielle and I pray together at night, mm -hmm. ask how she's doing, um, what the Lord's showing her, that kind of thing. And Finley, Danielle and I, when we go to lay Finley down, we pray together. Um, we've got some mm -hmm. like Bible storybooks that we try to read to Finley. She's two yeah. years old. Mm -hmm. And um, Jose, your son is less than a year old. And so... There's going to be things that you feel like are totally like not, um, not making any difference. Right, right. And I was super encouraged the other day because one of my favorite songs to sing is All Glory Be to Christ. Mm -hmm. Wonderful hymn. I'm a sucker for hymns. That's in my top three. And so I will sing that song to Finley sometimes before we go to bed mm -hmm. and or before she goes to bed. She goes to bed a lot earlier than we do. But then the other day it came on on the Spotify playlist and Finley two years old looks and she goes dada dada <laughs> she, knew. So she 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 tied that song mm -hmm. my broken voice <laughs> with regards to singing I'm not mm -hmm. good at singing but she tied the song to me and thought oh dad's has sung the song to me before yeah and so there are little things but but those don't happen unless you're consistent right right and so Finley <laughs> I mean most of the time she's poking our face and right trying to pull our ear while we're trying to pray for it before we lay her down. Mm -hmm. But the consistency right. um, is going to uh, bear fruit down mm -hmm. the road. And and whether that, I mean, I don't have control as to whether or not she becomes a believer. Did you get her baptized when she was a baby? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have the ability to promise mm -hmm. myself or to promise you mm -hmm. that your consistency will for sure lead to salvation. However, uh, Proverbs tells us that raise up a child um, the way they should go, and when they're older, they will not depart from it. Proverbs are not promises. They're um, general principles. And so I am doing my best, and it's, a, it's oftentimes um, a failed attempt, but my best to be consistent in trying to find ways to pray with Finley, show her uh, the gospel, which, I mean, right now she can barely understand a sentence. So um, that will unfold more and more. But man, the consistency behind it. I've heard so many parents talk about how like, man, you think that nothing's happening. And then student goes to college and they talk about how they remember when you did this um, when they were really young or they remember this moment uh, and it was just the consistency behind it. So yeah, hopefully. Um, as you go about this, remember, it doesn't have to be a John Piper sermon. It doesn't have to be a um, Herman Bovink exegesis. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just the consistency behind you pointing your children and pointing your wife to the gospel is going to be really monumental over the years. Yeah. No, I, I would encourage you that, um, first of all, just you are... Um, 
just feeling the weight of it and the responsibility of it is a, is a gift, and you need to press into that and be um, mm-hmm. faithful to that. And as Rob, you said again and again, the biggest thing is consistency. So you know, we, we listed out some resources, websites, people you can read, stuff. All that stuff's great, um, but it's all pointless if you're not consistently. I mean, you have you can have a semi load of resources, but if you're not doing this regularly throughout your weeks, then it doesn't really matter. Um, but when people talk about family worship, they a lot of times they'll go to Deuteronomy 6. Yeah. And this is what it says. Um, just picking it up. It, this is the, com- the greatest commandment. Picking it up in uh, verse 4. Listen, to Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with your Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Bind them on the sign. Bind them as a sign on your hand, and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house. And on your city gates. So people point to that verse seven. Repeat them to your children as you're going, as you're going about your life, as you're driving in the car, as you're sitting for dinner. These are all discipleship opportunities. The question thing about family worship. I mean, when they're when they're can't even talk, there's really nothing you can do there. You, you hopefully you and your wife, um, as hopefully daily, can pray over your child, can pray together um, for each other. That's the biggest thing. Is you think about family worship. The most important thing you could do is have time where your wife and you are checking in with each other, asking each other good, hard questions about where they're at with the Lord and praying together. Um, Another cool thing would be to go through Scripture together, memorize Scripture together. That's helpful. But I just want to encourage you in that direction. Um, Again, it doesn't have to be elaborate. I think what I anticipate is it to be chaos. Until my kids are like teenagers, yeah, or close to it, mm-hmm. not teenagers, but you know, until they're they can sit still and focus for fifteen minutes, yeah. So you know, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, I think it's going to be really, really challenging. Um, but similar to like brushing your kids' teeth, right? You do it every day because you know you should. But if you didn't do it, you wouldn't see the ramifications of that for years to come. Yeah, but they would totally be there, right? You, mm-hmm. You're just seeing this rot in your child's mouth because you didn't do your job. Similarly with family times of worship and devotion, it's the consistency. You won't see it now, but down the road, years down the road, you will see it beginning to take effect. So Yeah, no, that's good. And, and even with that illustration, which great illustration, um, the child doesn't have any idea that they're even supposed to brush their teeth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and same thing with spiritually. Like the child just doesn't, the child isn't on its own going to um, pray, mm-hmm. isn't on its own going to um, consider God. And so you as the parent have the opportunity to... And responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not just... Yeah. Good point. Um, then something else that um, most of our listeners are going to be familiar with, Matt Chandler, mm-hmm. at the Village Church, they kind of went through this. Um, they had three things that they just kind of helped frame out. Uh, this family discipleship, and they use the the term time, moments, and milestones. Mm-hmm. So having like scheduled time, yeah, like hey, every night we go to bed, mm-hmm. like the, we're going to make sure that this is happening, or um, every morning, or whatever. You you figure out what works best for your schedule with your family, but schedule in some time, even if it's just a few minutes, and then moments. So like big moments, like okay, 
my child is um, going to school for the first time or my child is getting their license or they're starting high school or they're going off to right. college or this is the first like fight with their friends, or they, whatever it is, like th capture these moments um, and, and use them as opportunities to point them mm -hmm. to the gospel. Yeah. And then milestones. Um, milestones is probably more so like the going off to college mm -hmm. or um, those big life things. But um, you can see time being able to, to create that schedule time. Moments capture specific moments that right. like, you may recognize like, hey, this is a moment. This is a When your a kid comes up to you and says, you know, where do babies come from? Yeah, there you go. Um, and then milestones. I mean, throughout our culture, we have specific milestones mm -hmm. set out. Um, and so just using those as intentional opportunities to, to point your kids to Jesus and yeah. to remind them. Yeah. So. No, it's good. Whoa. I just lost. Uh, can you hear? Yeah, can you? You can't. You're out. No, yeah, I totally. Just Don't lost my headphones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, do we have anything else that we want to throw out on that? No, I, th I think that it's important. Um, I would say that it's all. It, it's a discipline. Um, just like most disciplines, even like brushing your teeth, you, you don't always feel like doing it, but it has to be something you're intentional about. Um, so pick a time. You and your wife. You know, you need to talk about just your schedule, what works best for you guys. Start small. Don't don't like say, hey, we're going to spend an hour together. I mean, if you get to that, that's great. But chances are if you start some small, five, ten minutes, we want to read a passage and pray. We want to, you know, whatever it is, be intentional with it and, and schedule it and be faithful to it. Yeah. No. That's good. And hey, guys, uh, we want to make sure that we point out that – um, today's episode is sponsored by the Christian Standard Bible published by Lifeway. Mm -hmm. Some of you guys tuned in and heard our episode where we talked about the new um, CSB verse mm -hmm. by verse premium black goat skin leather Bible that they just released. It's a beautiful Bible. And man, we just were so happy. It, it's easily the most beautiful Bible mm. that I own. And I own several uh, premium Bibles. But. Yeah, ESV is on on our show. It's it's Rick and I's uh, translation of choice. It is a very accessible Bible. So I used to have the ESV, and then if there was a new believer that I wanted to um, encourage them to get into the Word, I would oftentimes maybe point them to mm -hmm. the NLT, um, or I'd give them the ESV and just really emphasize, hey, if you have any questions, let me know, because sometimes the language can be a little difficult to to read. Don't have any problem with that with the CSB. I can do my study out of the CSB because it's accurate and it is um, very close to the original mm -hmm. languages, but then it's also very easy to understand. So we encourage you guys to check out the Christian Standard Bible. Absolutely. It's a delight and we are glad. Um, uh, I think by the time this drops, we will have selected a, is that right? Yeah. We'll yeah. have selected someone to give the Bible away to and the Bible will have been released. So you can go wherever you buy books, and buy this Bible. It's a yep. beautiful gift. Yep, we'll put a link to it in the show notes, guys. Check Absolutely. it out on our website at simpletheology.org. And then you can hit us up on social media, on facebook.com mm -hmm. slash simpletheology. Instagram at simpletheologypod. You can use the hashtag simpletheologypod to reach out to us on any of these mediums, including Twitter. You say you're, you're a medium? Is that what you said? Any of these mediums. Social media mediums. Oh. I thought mm -hmm. that was forbidden in the scripture. You're using it in a different way. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, and then if you want to leave us a voicemail, 
Yeah. Shoot us a call, 614-233-1098. Thank you for those who have. You've been a yes. real encouragement to us. But again, that number is 614-233-1098. And the questions today came from folks just shooting us an email. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do that, you can shoot us an email at info at simpletheology.org. They're usually my favorite episodes. Yeah. Do. Yeah, they're I nice. I mean, everything's great, but... It's just, it's just nice to interact. Yeah, yeah I know. So mm. thank you guys for sending those in. Appreciate you guys. Please continue to send us stuff. We do appreciate you guys, it. Wonderful. If there's anything that we said today that wasn't People. clear or need additional um, mm-hmm. help with, please just reach out to us. Absolutely. So. All right. All right. Peace, Peace out, y'all. <laughs>